This podcast is sponsored by Active Skin Repair, a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. So as the weather warms up, we're outside gardening or doing yard work. There are so many opportunities for skin issues, right? And for me, it's always a mystery to know what's going to irritate my skin, but I'm definitely out there itching and scratching. But the good news is active skin repair always seems to save the day. Active skin repair can be used to treat a wide range of skin issues, including cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, and other types of skin damage. It's also safe and non-toxic, making it suitable for use on all skin types, all parts of the body, and even on rosacea, eczema, and acne-prone skin. Here's what I want you to do. Visit ActiveSkinRepair.com to learn more about Active Skin Repair and get 20% off your order when you use code JOYFUL. Again, that's www.ActiveSkinRepair.com. Find out more about the product and get 20% off your order when you use the code JOYFUL. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Joyful Courage Podcast, a place for information and inspiration on the parenting journey. Just wanted to give you a heads up that from now until the 11th of March, the podcast is being taken over. We've got a limited series happening. You're going to hear about it in just a moment. The Art of Connected Parenting. So still the same deep value that you get every Monday here on the Joyful Courage Podcast, but we will be sharing the limited series, Art of Connected Parenting for the next little while. And the good news is this limited series is good for all parents, young kids, all the way through the teen years. So check it out and enjoy. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast series, The Art of Connected Parenting, where the founders of Sproutable are coming together to talk about the power of up-leveling, how we think about and understand our role and relationships with our kids. Just to remind you of who we are, I'm Casey O'Rourke, host of the Joyful Courage podcast, positive discipline lead trainer, mom, adolescent lead here at Sproutable, and with me are Ilana Beebe, our managing director, brilliant, thoughtful mama, and positive discipline parent educator as well, and my friend and colleague, Julietta Skoog, also a mom, the early years lead here, and positive discipline trainer. We are so excited to continue to dig into all the places with all of you. Thank you for being here and listening in. Last episode, we dug into shifting perspective and embracing imperfection embracing the messiness of this practice. This week, we're talking about getting clear on what is my goal here? So who wants to start us off by giving some context to that question? What is my goal? When would we ask that question? Why would we ask that question? So I think for me, just to kind of bring us along this process that we've been going through, through this podcast series, you know, it's like this evolutionary arc, you know, like as we're thinking about how we want to be a parent, first, we have to figure out what our own story is in parenting. Like, how was our childhood? How are we showing up? What are the things that we're bringing with us? What are the things we want to, you know, let go of all that kind of stuff. And then going through this process that we were talking about in the earlier ones of being 
Like, oh my gosh, what is my fear and shame and guilt? What is that? And then moving beyond that to, oh, this is messy. I can be okay with it. And then once we can do that, then we can start saying, oh, it's messy and I can still be intentional. I still have a goal. I can still have this forward thinking idea of where I want to go from here. You know, because as we talk about in positive discipline, you know, discipline meaning to teach coming from the Latin root, that means to teach. That it is this opportunity to teach something and we are teachers as parents. Mm -hmm. And so there is a, a learning, a student opportunity. We get to be a student and a teacher at the same time. And there's, you know, this give and take and that's a beautiful moment, but really it's about being an intentional teacher as a parent for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The intention and the goal within just to add on to that. Yes, Alana. And the idea that there's a lot that we can do that can just stop something or in the messiness of it, you know, our attempt to control or just like make a behavior stop. And so, but when we go deeper with the intention, when we really think about the bigger goal, the bigger why, like what's our why, what's in it for me? We talk about this a lot in the beginning of the class, like why are we here? Why did we sign up? That bigger question within a, as a parent, why are we doing this? What's our why? Why did I have with these children? Why are we doing this? Right? I mean, really, what is the goal here? What's the intention? Yeah. And so when we can really step back by embracing, as you said, Alana, by embracing the messiness, embracing imperfections, dropping out of that shame or guilt, then that's where the fun begins. We can be like, okay, what's our end game here? What's our long, yeah. you know, our long-term intention? Yeah. I appreciate both of those thoughts those perspectives. When I think about it too, there's something around for me, I can't control the outcome, right? I can't control how the other person is going to perceive me, but I can be intentional in what I bring to the dynamic. I can be intentional around how my actions create something, a way of being an energy a quality inside of the relationship that I have with my kids. So when I think about what is my goal here, I know for me, it goes to what do I want to create energetically? What are the qualities I want to animate and bring to life in this interaction mm -hmm. with our kiddos? And yeah. yeah. And I think there's this, you know, idea, you know, we live in this like positive parenting kind of umbrella, you know, positive parenting, gentle parenting, whatever you want to say, conscious parenting. And I think, you know, there's a lot of emphasis on, you know, being kind and being connected and allowing the process to happen. And we just talked about that for a whole episode. Mm -hmm. And it's not enough. Mm -hmm. You still have to teach, you know. We can't expect our kids to learn emotional regulation skills by just being like, oh, they're having a tantrum. It's great. Mm -hmm. I love it. I'm so happy now in the space of tantrum, you know. Right. <laughs> like that's part of the process, but this is the work, you know, yeah. this is the practice, the opportunity that, you know, the skill building, you know, and that's, it's so important. Yeah, I totally agree. And for me in the moment, it's what does this moment need? You know, to have that kind of responsive intention, it takes it all into account. You know, is it the relationship? Is it the energy shift? Is it the really specific teaching, practicing, firmness, follow through? What does it need right now? So that to me is like the goal or the intention isn't necessarily, yes, that outcome, but it's this commitment to saying all in. What's, what, is, what is needed right now? Mm -hmm. 
And I love how that brings in, like we get to be really intentional with mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. And it's a practice as we've been, that word just keeps coming up over and over in all of these conversations. And so I have a story, a recent story of not being intentional and having to do a little cleanup. So as listeners are catching on, I'm the one with the older kids and my oldest is actually 20. She's not even a teenager anymore. It's so weird. And by the time this comes out, she might be 21, which is really wild. Recently, I found out a little tidbit of information that really freaked me out. You know, she lives on her own. She is making her choices, her life choices, which we want them to do. That's the goal at age 20, right? And I found out about one that I was less than excited about, right? I was less, and I thought to myself, okay, I want to have a conversation with her about this. I want to land just like personal values and boundaries and health and well-being. I need to make sure that I'm really regulated and intentional when I talk to her about it. So I had that. I did have that thought. And then like less than 24 hours later, I happened to be on the phone with her and I was like, I'm going in. And I wasn't, I didn't do any of the things that I had planned, right? I went in with like, how could you, what were you thinking? A lot of judgment you know, a lot of judgment to the point where she was finally like, okay, I got to go. Like, peace out, pull back, not talking to you about this. You can't handle this. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so that's an example of going in and I'll follow up later on how I cleaned that up. But, you know, even with the best of intentions, sometimes, you know, you get caught up in the moment and that conditioning, that fear, all the mm -hmm. stuff shows up and gets in the way and you don't actually bring what you want. And what I created instead of like, you know, critical thinking and thoughtfulness and reflection, I created disconnection. You know, she told me later, she's like, that was hurtful and irritating. So, and that was on me and how I brought that energy into the conversation. So I'm really excited for us to talk more about this because I think it is so, so, so important for all of our kids that parents be ever more intentional and thoughtful about how well, we that's, respond. That's a common human response of just yeah. you. We have the best of intentions the and fuck? then you get the moment and then it just goes <laughs> sideways. You can hear the words coming out of your mouth and yeah. you're like, that's not what I was going yeah, to do. Stop, stop. <laughs> stop <laughs> driving the train over this. Yeah. 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 Well, and I do think, I mean, one of the ways that we anchor the beginning of any conversation with parents is this idea of first listing out the challenges to really highlight what stage and age you're in mm -hmm. and to normalize that list of challenges. And then to immediately say, when we imagine them at the age of 25, and you're getting close oh, here. Creeping up there. <laughs> what are those life skills and characteristics and qualities that we hope that our kids will have not to mold them into this perfect human being that we really wanted to be and to live out our, you know, lost opportunities through them. But what are those things that we hope that they have in order for them to realize their best self, their true self, their true essence that all of us mm -hmm. have within that? So in that way, that really is where we say, all right, that's the goal. That's the intention right there. Mm -hmm. That list. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Talk about your stories. Tell me. Well, I was thinking in your story, I'm going to lead into mine, but the connection is there's so many things we do every day with our kids constantly that is not intentional. 
Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, it's we kind of live in that world most of the time because it's honestly it's, it's exhausting. It's exhausting to just be intentional in every interaction and every moment of the day. None of us can do that. It's impossible. We're not monks. We're doing. <laughs> we're not robots. Okay. <laughs> so it's about the times when it matters, when it comes up. You know, when you see it, because there are many things that we do that we probably could watch in a video and go, oh, I could do that differently, and you know, be different. So here's my story. The reason why this is important. So what I probably did for like an entire year or longer, maybe it was Espen's entire life, who knows? <laughs> and this came up in towards the end of kindergarten, uh, was every morning was the rush out the door. It was like, okay, we got to get going. Come on, let's do this. Blah, 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 right? And I have all the tools, right? I did the transition tricks. I made it fun. I made it silly. I, you know, did all of these things in connection and fun. And it was exhausting. And every time at the end, it was like this rush to get out the door, you know? We're always running late. So I thought I was doing everything, okay? And then my dad came to visit. And I see my dad doing exactly this inner stress of him being like, we got to go, we got to go, we got to go. Come on, Esmond, blah, 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 blah. And he's walking to school with me. And I'm like, dad, this is part of our routine that we have this much time to get to school because Espen likes to pick up sticks and rocks and do this. And we rub Buddha's belly on the way at the neighbor's house. And this is what we do as part of our process. We do not need to rush. We have the time. We created that space for this, you know? And I'm like, my dad, he's learned nothing. You know? <laughs> <laughs> nothing. Like, totally judging him. And then my dad leaves and I, we go through this process again where we get to this like rush stage, you know, getting to school. And Espen's just like, mom, it's so strange stressful when you're like rushing me. And I'm like, well, if you would just like move along, you know, then we wouldn't be rushed and we would just get to school. And I realized finally, right after a year, I thought I was being intentional. I wasn't right. And the shift was not the things that I was doing, you know, the like transition tricks of the blah, blah, blah. The intentionality for me was really, I needed to let go of the stress of being on time. Mm. Yes. I just needed to let go of it mm -hmm. completely. Mm -hmm. And once I let go of that, we haven't had a rush. We haven't had a stressful morning. We haven't, oh my God. you know. This reminds me of marriage counseling right now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it is. This is. It's all, yeah, right? Really letting it's go. it's all about mm -hmm. the relationships. So my intentionality in that was not about what I needed to teach Espen. Yeah. Right? It yes. was about what I needed to teach myself and like let go of for myself. Well, and how you wanted to feel. And how I wanted to feel. How exactly. you wanted to feel. I, I didn't want to be stressed out anymore. Yes. I was like, why am I doing this to mm -hmm. myself? Mm -hmm. you know? I just, I really relate. I mean, that I had used to have this moment where I would open up the door and it was like that feeling of like, oh gosh, to wake comes. her up, here it comes. Oh. And I just decided I don't want to feel that way. Yeah. You know, whatever it takes to get her out of that bunk bed because I can't drag her out. Yeah. Which one? It's going to be Bye. Leona. Leona. Yeah, <laughs> it's all. <laughs> um, my little teacher. But yes, I feel yeah. it's, it's that feeling, mm -hmm. that intention. It doesn't have to be a life skill, right? As a matter of just intention. Right. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Thank God, spring into summer is my favorite time of year. After turning 50 last September, I've been really working on my physical health and well-being and can honestly say that I am feeling better in my body than I have felt in a very long time. Yes, credit goes to movement and working out, but even more credit goes to how I'm feeding my body. That's why I love Factor. I fuel up with Factor's no prep, no mess meals, 
35 different meal choices and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, I always have a new flavor to explore. It's amazing. You can crush your wellness goals this May, keep time in the kitchen to a minimum, and enjoy effortless support for the lifestyle you want to be living with dietitian approved meals and ingredients you can trust from Factor. Head over to factormeals.com slash joyful50 and use the code joyful50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code joyful50 at factormeals.com slash joyful50. Again, that's 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Yes, yes, yes. Join me. Join me in the health revolution and feel really good this summer. Hey friends, as a podcast listener myself, I always get so excited to share when I find a new show that I think is super useful. So today I want to tell you about Understood Explains. This is a podcast that tackles one important topic per season. And this season is all about navigating individualized education plans and is hosted by teacher and special education expert, Juliana Urtube. Getting the support our kids need in school can feel tricky, and we aren't always sure what it is that they need. When I listened to the episode titled, Does My Child Need an IEP? It offered up so much useful information that I could really see supporting parents who are in this consideration. The host is so knowledgeable and really breaks down the content in a way that helps listener go from completely overwhelmed to actually starting to feel empowered. Other episodes in the series highlight the difference between IEPs and 504 plans, as well as a whole episode that busts common myths about special education. To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains wherever you listen to podcasts. That's Understood Explains. So check it out. You won't be sorry. And then there's also life skills for Espen, right? Yes. But then as soon as I could get out of that, right. then there wasn't this like disconnect between us mm -hmm. anymore. So then the intentionality around like timing and what we need to do and what's coming next, then that teaching happened. Right. right. Because I wasn't getting in the way of it anymore. Yes. Right? Yes. And so that's that piece. Like sometimes there's your own work and teaching yourself mm -hmm. and being intentional. But also if, if you aren't fully on board, right, you're still getting in your own way. Yeah. So... Yeah. I will share mine, which is the story from a few years ago when my two older kids shared the same after school. They went to different schools. Both are neighborhood public schools, but they were at different ones. Each one had a different program. So my kindergartner would take the bus after school to her third grade sister's school where the after school program was. And then we, after work, would go pick them up. And so that was kind of a big thing for a kindergartner to get on the bus, go across the neighborhood, and then go to this school where her big sister has all her friends at this mm -hmm. after school care and hang out for a couple hours. So, you know, like with any working parents, like we're juggling a whole lot and just trying to get the systems. And I go and she's in kindergarten. So I also had a baby at home also. So there's just a lot of moving parts. And I get a message from the after school program that says, if you can encourage by the kindergartner 
to branch out and make some of her own friends, that would be great. She's just kind of getting in her big sister's way. And I was like, hmm, that's an interesting phrase. Tell me more because that's weird. My She's super social. She's got a ton of friends at school. What do you mean? Is she like in the corner? Dig deep, dig deep, dig deeper. Come to find out she's rolling in and the big sister is saying, don't look at me. Don't hang out with me and my friends. Go find your own friends. Go make your own friends. So here's this kid being like, man, I just spent all day at kindergarten and now I got to like bust into this new after school program too and make my own friends and give my own space. And then I have this after school counselor being like, so if she could just do that. Well, I'm thinking middle child watching her middle child. Yeah, right. That's exactly right. Middle child, middle Mm -hmm. child. So all the things came up. So definitely did not come in with, you know, a calm, like, what is my goal and intention here? (laughs) But I had enough practice that it was in the muscle memory to just say, hey, let's get in the ring. Let's figure this out. What's really happening? You know, as a family, put the baby in the middle too. What's going on? And then bring it back to what is our goal here? What is the goal for our family? And also, I really appreciate you saying like people think it's just kind of being permissive or kind or nice or just be awesome. We weren't also like, I don't know, girls, what do you think? You know, John and I were like, brought the firmness. Hey, what's the plan here? What's the goal? What are you there to learn? So also bringing in that perspective to say, if Vi was not doing a great job at school either or having a tough time making friends, this could be very well a great opportunity for extra practice. Mm -hmm. But she's good. That kid is like social butterfly, you Mm -hmm. know? She need any more practice. What they needed practice with was their relationship and their loyalty and their friendship and this pattern, which had come up time and time again in our family meetings around the younger one wanting to be friends, wanting to hang up, making bids for connection. And how do you either accept the bit or say, I see you. I see that that's a bit and I'm doing my own thing right now. Mm-hmm. And how about this later? How about right? Give them hope. Give them hope. <laughs> so <laughs> we just really leaned into this idea that this is where you get to practice being sisters. You're not at school all day, actually, like other siblings are. Yeah. And I do think, you know, you say I'm the middle child looking into the older one, but I also have a really awesome relationship with my younger sister in the sense that I was a senior when she was a freshman, three years apart, just like Joseph and Vi, but opposite where I was the older with her. So in high school and in college and the love that we have, you know, today that that bond, I can still feel as if we were in elementary school and seeing each other on campus and running and give each other a really big hug. And I also know that that grows, that takes time, that takes opportunity and requires being in the space, just like anyone in any relationship. You got to hang with them, you know? You got to put in the time. You got to put in the time, right? And so, Mm -hmm. and here they were at different schools. You know, we're all overscheduled, soccer, there's another baby. I'm like, guess what? This is your time. You get to practice. So that was our sort of real, I brought you right to the end, but we really said this is our goal. And just as a family, we'd had a family charter. We talked about, you know, what are, how do we want to feel at home? And so in order to do that, what are the things that we do for each other. And that was part of it. And so we went back to that charter and said, what's important? So we're going to start practicing. We're going to come back to the family mm-hmm. charter conversation. But I have to say, what you just reminded me of that I forgot about was when, so Ian and Rowan had the same spread as your two in school. And when he started kindergarten, when they were at the same elementary school, he, Rowan would sit by him on the bus. And I just remember as she got older and she was like, I don't want to sit with the mom. And he was fine at school. Like he was fine. He had his friends. He didn't have any issues. 
but he was adamant about sitting with Rowan on the bus, which may have had to do with Rowan. It may have had to do just with his draw to like Rowan's whole cohort of friends and everything. But the idea that we would say, listen, Ian, you know, you got to give Rowan some space would just, he would lose his mind. And so in the end, it was like, you know what, you're the big sister and you get to look out for your little brother and it's not always going to be like this. And suck it up. Mm-hmm. Better cup. We didn't mm-hmm. say that, but mm-hmm. I forgot all about that. And it was so sweet. It was just so sweet the way that Ian loved and loves, continues to love his big sister. Yes. Well, and frankly, and she was kind of like, well, okay. But when we gave close. that space, I don't know if this was the case for, I mean, Rowan was so sweet, but it turned out the other side of the story was that Jose was getting this kind of peer pressure from these other kids who were like, that's your baby sister. Like, go ditch her. Go do da-da-da. So that actually opened up that opportunity to build the skill for Jose to be like, actually, only I got to talk shit about my sister. You (laughs) You don't got to talk shit about my sister. And to build that assertive and confident skills that really trickled down to that particular relationship that she really got that lesson early on. And this actually isn't a great relationship or friend for me. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We actually had that come up recently. With Rowan and Ian and a friend of hers. So it never goes, I mean, it's, yes. there's the opportunities are always yes. there. Yes. Yeah. Okay. That was all a side note. Thank you for that. So let's talk a little bit more about intentionality, what it means to you. I feel like there's a space for willingness lives inside of intentionality as well. I just want to tease that apart. And you can talk about the charter, the family charter. Sure. Don't make yeah. us all feel bad, those no. of us that don't have one. Listen, <laughs> not everyone is with an A-plus student that Julietta is. Isn't that is. a flip chart on your wall? <laughs> it's, it's laminated, it's laminated. Okay. okay? It's laminated. Gold dust. <laughs> <laughs> Glitter. There, there are a lot of piles of dirty laundry around, too. It's, not, it's real messy. But, I mean, I think the space for intention is there's – an energy around that, right? There's an energy component. There is also, I think about it in terms of the encouragement lens where there's so much nonverbal too, you know, do your eyes light up when they walk in the room? Mm -hmm. Do you really hold this? How do you hold space for the other humans that you are with? That's what comes up for me. Trying to figure out a different angle. Well, even, you know, think about too, like that whole you know, what it requires to be in the mindset of what is my goal here? Mm-hmm. Oh, I see what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, the big piece for me is just how fast paced life is mm. constantly. And we are taught, I think, through society where we live that quick fixes are a thing, you know, that I just want the quick fix, like the marketing thing, the Instagram, the post, the blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Here's your fix to the problem you have. Here's the fix to the problem you What's have. Your pain point? Yeah. yeah. Name your pain point. Yeah. Make you feel a certain pain point, way. Here's going to fix right. it, you yeah. know? Yeah. And there's a formula. Right. And this is one of those things that, you know, we sit in the discomfort of that as business owners, you know, just to be honest about, we're not going to fix your problems with your kids. You know, that's not the goal here. Right. And I think that we get so stuck in that kind of mentality that we miss this opportunity for the intentionality of the goal setting and the, you know, like the plan of where we want to go, because that's a long-term perspective, Mm -hmm. you know, and we have to sit in the long-term perspective if we really want to 
really teach these skills, right? And it's hard to think about how you start two or three or four. That's why we have Julieta to tell us how to scaffold these things. But borrow a laminator, right? Borrow <laughs> a laminator. But really, like if you, you know, you want to, you know, instill the sense of like responsibility and independence, yeah. and you know, family relationships, like sibling love and connection. That's all these little things all along the way. So you keep kind of anchoring back to that. Is like this moment pulling in that or not? But you have to think in the long term because if you're just looking for the quick fix, then that goal setting isn't going to solve anything for you. You know, that's all going to be just about you. How yeah. am I going to get comfortable immediately? You know? Right. right. And the quick fix makes brings me back to the iceberg, right? right. It's that mm. chipping away at the iceberg. And I tease you, however, and I want to also share for all of us that don't have a charter laminated on the wall. Like that's okay too, but you're such a, something that I love about you is you're like this. And I love it when you tell me about when things go sideways makes me so happy because there are so many other pieces are so like, you're very not regimented, but super committed to really teaching your kids the skills and really going back and practicing and practicing and role-playing. And I think we talk about it, but I know that I could have done. I mean, we all have our own style inside of this model, right? So I'm not mm -hmm. going to talk shit about myself, but, and I really appreciate that. And it doesn't have to be perfect. It's just like right. intentionality means like even just saying, being able, I remember saying this, like we make it right in our house. Yeah. Thank yeah. you for saying that because I think that's where I go with it is when your intention is this. Like, we're going to have healthy relationships. That's just healthy. We're just going to have healthy relationships. Yep. And that yep. requires a whole lot of different things, like communication, respect, and problem solving, all these things, responsibility, independence, healthy coping skills, like all of those things. When the intention is there as just a driver, then it's almost like for me, I notice when I would be easy to not. It would be easy to let it go. It would be easy to slide. It would be easy to, you know, just... It Not is. this time. Mm -hmm. And so the commitment or even I think of it as a little bit of that discipline or just like yeah. that, you know, and maybe follow some of it through. comes the follow through. Mm -hmm. It's just that part where those are almost the moments that register for me. Oh, this matters mm -hmm. because I want to check out right now. I want to just let that go or whatever. And I'm not. Like, Ooh, I can feel that. Thank you for stating that because like I feel mm -hmm. I can feel that like. I don't want to get up. I don't want yeah. to deal with this. And then it's like a weight of, yeah. which is why I should. Right. Or I don't want to like, we're in the middle of watching a movie and something crunchy comes up, you know, maybe it's something like that reinforces a stereotype or for anything. And I think to myself, oh, that would be a good moment. But it's kind of, I'm just, you know, enjoying my family. I'm off mm -hmm. right now. But I'm, I'm like, just no. trying to watch Goonies. I'm just yeah. trying to watch Back <laughs> to the Future Part 2. Yeah. And it's like, you know, I do. And then I'm like, oh, see, that's when it would just be easy. Press yeah. pause. Yeah. Hey, what do you notice? And they do a little bit of like, mom, okay, we notice that's like a stereotypical neighborhood that's like, saying, you know, oh, now that they've gone back, suddenly it's a bad neighborhood and what that means and what do you see in the characters? But there, it's like, you know what? Yeah. Then there's an engagement. There's some energy there. It's like, totally. Mm -hmm. We had someone pick up from a play date yesterday, this grandmother, and they uh -huh. and she came into our house to help with the change the, um, the kiddo into his soccer outfit. And she goes, 
oh, there's a lot of feelings in this house, aren't there? And I'm like so embarrassed. I'm looking around. There's our feelings chart in the middle. There's like the feelings faces all around. And then I hear Leona be like, yeah, that's what we do. You know, at the end of our family meetings, that's when we all pick a feeling that we're going to like reflect on for the week. And so this week it's all about jealousy, you know? (laughs) But it's those those little things that aren't, they're not easy for me either. It's not, you know, super smooth. And certainly I've Mm -hmm. had a lot of more practice with students in classrooms, you know, over time in addition to my own three kids. But I do think there is that level of like, there isn't a shortcut. You know, it's not a magic fix. You actually do have to roll up your sleeves. And doesn't have to be perfect. I tell people all the time, just open a drawer, get a piece of paper. You don't have to go to the craft store. So my point is that it's not easy for me either. There's these moments where I want to just let it go. And I consider them low-hanging fruit in the sense that, oh, that's the message for myself, that this Mm -hmm. does matter. This is important. So I was cracking up yesterday because we had this play date with a new friend. And so his grandmother was coming to pick him up and asked if he could change in his soccer stuff at our house. So I was showing them through the house. And the grandmother goes, wow, there's a lot of feelings in here. And I'm looking at our list, our like dry erase board of feeling words and <laughs> Leona's feeling pictures. And Leona goes, oh yeah, well that's because after a family meeting, we just pick a new feeling word that we're going to reflect on for the week. This week, it's all about jealousy. And I was looking at the feeling words. It's like resentment, boredom, jealousy, envy, you know, all these like really big things. So from an outside person, maybe it looks like a little (laughs) odd, but you do. It is the small moments of just chipping away at the week. And I had a couple of weeks ago when we were pulling out the feeling word for the week and all three of my family members have their arms crossed like this. I was like, hey, for the record, the reason that we're doing this is so that we can be in healthy relationships and so that we can have a big range of feelings vocabulary. And so I'm totally getting, I'm reading the body language in the crowd. I'm not having a great time right now either. And this is my hope for it. I'm not meaning to make everybody feel miserable right now. I'm just trying to build our bank of vocabulary words so that we can be in communication with each other. And John was like, what? I'm on board. He like, John's his hands. (laughs) I just want you to wear a GoPro all the time. I want you to be a reality show that I can watch. You're sweet. I mean, it's not like it's perfect, you know? And I'll say this to parents. I'm like, it's not about going to the craft store and getting the crafts. Open the drawer, take out the scratch piece of paper, get a pen and sit down and say, hey, let's talk about our after school routine. Okay, what are all the things that we need to do? And then let it evolve, but just start it. Just get those launched. And so I think that's like just a guiding intention that is in the water that you swim in. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's funny. So having done much of this imperfectly, of course, with my kids, and now it's just the three of us at family meetings, Ben and Ian and I. And so we always are talking about contributions because it's just nobody wants to do chores. And, you know, I long for the days of the chart and the visual. And so I'll say to Ian, like, well, what do you need? And he looks at me and he's like, I need you to just tell me what you want me to do. And I'm like, okay, I can do that. I'm willing to do that, you know? And that means that when I make the request, you get to follow through and do it. Mm -hmm. Are you okay with that? You know? And he's like, yeah. But it's interesting. It's so easy for things to slide. Like even last night, Ben was like, what happened to the expectation and the routine of helping after dinner? Because these days we're very loose on where we eat 
and when, and we aren't all together because of activities and things. And so it's become really easy to just eat and go. And Ben and I are left and it's like, wait a minute, we were a well-oiled machine with the kids for a long time on after-dinner routine. But isn't this a new intention for you in that this is the year where next year he's on his own? Mm -hmm. And so that's a different intention. It's not hold on, hold on, hold on. It's like we're practicing how to be on your own. Yeah. And deciding where you want to jump in, you Mm -hmm. know, because maybe you want to put your energy into building other skills instead of doing the dishes after dinner, you know, and that's okay. Yeah, 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 totally. And I appreciate that we have all these high reps of like, well, what's going to be useful to you? And what do you need to help you remember? And, you know, what kind of tools can you use to make sure you don't miss that appointment with your college counselor or whatever? And even though I can definitely feel like, you know, like kind of the eye roll from him, I get to just, it's, he knows, he knows the routine. So I know a lot of you out there listening have younger kids as well as teenagers in the house. And I'm excited to share with you about a new show that you and your younger kids are going to love. It's called Mysteries About True Histories, affectionately known as math. Every episode follows Max and Molly, who have just been recruited into a secret order of problem solvers on an adventure through time packed with puzzles, hidden equations, history, and laughs. The series explores themes like the stories behind math, critical thinking, code breaking, pattern solving, and so much more. Math is geared towards kids ages six and up and can be enjoyed by the whole family. Episodes drop every Thursday and are about 15 minutes long, the perfect length for a car ride, mealtime, break times, or bedtime. Each is stacked with so much laughter that your kids won't even realize how much they're learning. So tune into Mysteries About True Histories with your kids. You can follow and listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. Listen, I'm so excited to give you an update on Songfinch. Songfinch delivers. I shared last month that I was going to have them create an original song for Ian, my graduating senior. Well, the song is done and the process of co-creating it with the artist on Songfinch was so cool. I got to provide details and ideas and then the musician of my choice wrote up the lyrics put it to the music that I picked. And the results are so cool. I can't wait to surprise Ian with it. I will be sure to record it and share it with all of you. Songfinch is an innovative service that lets you create an original radio quality song inspired by your own life and the people you love. It's completely unique, personal, and it lasts forever. After moving through their process, you get the final results in four to seven days. For a limited time, Songfinch is letting our listeners upload their song to Spotify for free. So you and the lucky person you gift it to can listen to it anywhere, anytime. Whether your song is for Father's Day, an upcoming graduation, wedding, or anniversary, or even just a gift to show your loved one how much you care. 
Start your song now to lock in one of Songfinch's top artists. Go to songfinch.com slash joyful and start your song. After you purchase, you'll be prompted to add Spotify streaming for your original song for free, which is a $50 value. Again, my URL is songfinch.com slash joyful. Don't forget to share your song with us too. Songfinch.com slash joyful. Well, and even just that different intention, just going down the little contributions rabbit hole. We have our little spin the wheel contribution, but our kids now will say, you know, everyone's coming in different times too. What's Mm -hmm. already been done? Just tell me what to do. And we can say, well, you're practicing the self-direction right now. Yeah. You know, look around, see what needs to be done. We trust you. Yeah. Oh, good tips. Good tips, ladies. Okay. Let's take ourselves out of that rabbit hole. Thank you. I feel supported. I feel very supported. Ian will be so excited for me to come home and be like, oh yeah, I remembered some things and got some help. So, okay. Yes to intentionality and having that goal and really thinking about what it is that I want to create and what is it that I want my kids to learn and what are the gaps. So what happens now when we find ourselves parenting in what can feel like a silo? Right. When our parenting partners or our parenting village, you know, depending on what our situation is, when the other adults have different goals or just aren't on the same page as far as like there can be intentionality around how we're responding to the kids. Does that come up for you guys and in your classes? It comes up a lot with the families that I serve for sure. Yeah, me too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, you see this in school with teachers. You see this with other parent friends. We aren't all on the same page. For me, it goes back to the first conversation we had, which is that we do live in a connected community and it's not our job as me, just as a parent to my child to teach my child everything. And there's freedom in that, Mm -hmm. that I get to choose the things I want to lean into. And I really want to teach the values that are important for me and my family. And I get to let go of some things and know that they're going to learn it out there. You know, there's other people to teach and other people to hold that space for them because we all are connected in that. And that is freeing for me to not feel all of the responsibility to teach everything. It's super freeing. And if you think about that in the long-term way, then it's also helpful because you're like, I don't also have to teach everything in this all right now because it's a practice that's going to continue for a lifetime. So this is just what my gift I get to give. And like tying it back to what you two were talking about, you know, I would encourage people to really dig into the things where you want to learn for yourself. You know, where is it sticky for you? Where is it hard for you? Because that's a place where you can grow and they can grow and you can teach and learn and like talk about reparenting. Yeah. Talk more about this. Right. Peel back a layer. What do you mean by that? So for example, you know, let's just go back to my original example with Espen and rushing out the door, right? It was really bothering me because I have this need to be on time, right? I like have to show up. I have to be there, blah, 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 blah. I have all this stress around it, but really I don't want to feel that stress. Like I actually want to feel good and happy and like flowy and just like be able to get there and notice like, oh, someone's going to be a little late and that's okay, you know, and that's all right. So if that is something that's hard for me to work on, how can I offer that opportunity for Espen and yet still be responsible? right? And yet still follow through. Let's still like make it to school on time. Still, you know, so what does that look like in this way? And how can I teach and learn myself and also feel better, you know? And so has that become a value in my family, Mm -hmm. right? And we're not going to be stressed about being on time. 
Yeah. And we're also going to follow through and we're also going to be responsible. It's like these like the tethering between the two. Yeah. And what happens when there's another adult? Well, it happened with your dad. Like it was an, a yeah. mirror for you. And Absolutely. imagine, you know, that your dad's here all the time because I mean, we talk to parents, right? And they're like, okay, I love this. I'm into it. And my partner or the nanny or the teacher, the school that my kids go to, because yeah. it's a utopian idea to also be like, I don't have to teach them anything because they have all these people in their life. But what about when yeah. some of the people in their life, it's like, oh my God, I do not want them to pass on that. You know, mm. how do we let that go? One. And also, how are we living from a place of encouragement right. for the other people as well? Because we're all on our separate journeys. Well, and I hear this a lot around, I mean, just in two home yeah. families, yeah, yeah, yeah. you so know, which is like really hard. You cannot control yeah. what is happening or you can't control that one teacher that you've gotten that year as much yeah. as as a parent, you want to move them out of the classroom. And so all we can do is really empower our kids with the skills for how to be in relationship with that other person or how to respond or how to process that. And I also believe, and again, because we work with these early ages, when you can start with these kinds of encouraging language from the get-go around just building up that internal sense of confidence and that sense of self. Then when they are in relationship with another person, and certainly if it's a parent, it's different, you know, it gets trickier and we won't, you know, talk about kind of the real extreme, like harm, harm, harm situations. That's a different ball of wax for sure. And you want to intervene and you want to keep them safe, obviously. But, you know, in these other ways where you just might feel, but they're not like doing it perfectly or they're not doing it in the way that I'm doing it. I hear they're reactive or Mm. they're not listening or. Right. They're quick so, to punish. Right. They want to yeah. take things away. Totally. We have a soccer coach like that right now that's very shaming and pits them against each other. And so I'm feeling that tension too. And so all that I can lean into is my relationship with my kid just to say, how are they able to, and I'll break it down, know that it's the grown up, it's not them. You know what I mean? Or it's right. that other person, it's not them. Like, wow, like, yeah. isn't that so interesting? And they're like screaming or whatever, but they're not internalizing that. Right, right. So I think that's the place where as a parent, you can either coach or teach the skills within that. So I really lean into, with my middle around this coach, like that internal voice, what messaging is she getting from a male figure who is going to hear a voice? And so how can I continue to support the narrative in other ways where she is hearing different messages or a teacher that you have for a whole year, just being that soft landing when they come home to be able to process, hold the space listen to them, letting them vent, offering those curiosity like, oh, it's not interesting. They like put people's name on the board or they give you all these stars or you get to get that thing or these kids don't get that reward. Mm -hmm. How do you think those kids feel over time when they like never get the chance to join the class party because they haven't filled the jar? Those kinds of lessons within that so that because there's always going to be those people out in the world. Yeah. And what's my goal here? Yeah. If you just be the lawnmower, the snowplow parent or whatever, Mm -hmm. if you just like go in and clear the path and everything's great and green and happy, Mm -hmm. kids don't get the opportunity to learn, right? Mm -hmm. So I think it's like this opportunity for that reflection in your own values. You get to go back and go, oh, here's this thing that my kid's coming up against. They're going to keep coming up against these things. Mm -hmm. So what is it that I feel like I can help and teach them so that they can go out in the world and be ready for that next time? You know, and, and this how, idea of assertiveness too that, that you talk about, yes. like how can they handle their own problems? That's right. Yes. You know, and they can. Right. You know? And coaching them, yeah. giving them the language so that the next time that happens, how to respond when you're at the other parent's house and they're yelling at you, how to say, 
I feel like we're both flooded right now. I'll continue this conversation when we can both be calm. I had a recent family where, you know, even just modeling in front of the child, you know, when there's like a loud from another parent or something that can get scary, just to turn to that child in that moment and just say, that sounds really scary, you know, and I'm here and you're safe acknowledging that because so much of what we do also is just being like, oh, what do you mean? They're fine. It's just a teacher. It's just not bad. Or like, or ignore, just act like nothing's happening. And the kids, as we say, we're good perceivers and poor interpreters. Like, what the hell, man? You know? So just to acknowledge that, that's not right. Maybe you're not able to sell them what to do, but like, that's not okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, and I really like, I really appreciate what you shared about helping our kids not internalize another grown-up's poor messaging, unskilled way of being with them. And something that comes up that I remind the parents that I work with is you are in charge of your relationship with your child. And, you know, if it's a conversation around the other parent, it's like, that's theirs, right? They get to decide how they're going to show up. Outside of, like you mentioned, the abuse or something that's, you know, obviously we're going to pull out. And we're such powerful models, especially if we're parenting partners in the same home. We get to be such powerful models for the other person. Well, that's the other thing too. Like all of these things, and I wrote like six pages about this in my journal recently. (laughs) I'm so solid with this, with my kids, imperfectly solid. And there's this other really important relationship in my life. And I'm realizing like, wow, this is a place where I haven't really intentionally focused that high reps. And so we're getting into some muddy waters because of that. And so that's the other thing too. Like, it's not even just about parenting. It's how we be with everybody in our lives Mm -hmm. in a way that like, what do we want to create? You know? I mean, that modeling piece, kids are like... Their BS meter is. Oh, through. I mean, they yeah, are. So fine too. They're not going to fake like being in a relationship with you. And yeah. so if you're an asshole, you know, they're, like, they're going to disconnect, yeah. right? And so, in that way, if you are in relationship with them, they're going to have that model, that experience that might be different. When they go be with another grown up or another person, they're like, oh, that's different from this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Isn't that right? And there are parts of this I really like. So therefore, that's not as familiar or doesn't feel as good. And so you're going to, just like we all do, we connect or disconnect towards with those feelings. And so just having had that stable foundation model for what a healthy, unconditionally loved, safe relationship is, Mm -hmm. is going to help inform them of what is not. Yeah. And one of my goals is for my kids to want to hang out with me after they move out. You're so fun. Yes. Of course they will. I mean, <laughs> uh, they do. <laughs> well, and back to my story that I started with. So I really kind of stepped in it mm-hmm. as I frantically tried to tell Rowan why her choice was not a good one. You know, went to the gym, moved my body, which was really great. Might have vented a little bit to my trainer, but without the details. And then got home and I was like, okay, I need to clean this up. Like I was super judgmental. And actually, when I think about the whole story, she had an experience that showed her what her values were and that gave her an opportunity to set a boundary. And now that experience is in her back pocket. 
which is exactly what I'm constantly like, hey, everybody, like we need them to have experiences to flex these muscles. We don't get stronger without going to the gym, right? And this experience for her was just another day at the gym. And so I sent her a text and I said, you know, I really screwed up in that conversation this morning. I want to acknowledge that. Here's what I saw, you know, as I reflect on your experience. And this is exactly what I would hope most for you. And I think you're amazing. And it's really hard and weird to be a parent. And I love you. And she responded. She was like, yeah, it was hurtful and annoying, which I got to sit with. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. I talked about this on another episode. I was a little bit of shame. And then, you know, we moved on, you know, but it was really an awesome opportunity too for me to remember like, ah, do you guys ever have those moments where you're in the thick of it? And then you're like, oh yeah, oh, this yeah. is what I tell it's people. Been so much repair. Oh, yeah, Absolutely. <laughs> like what would I tell someone to do in this moment? Yeah. Not what I just did. Yeah, yeah. exactly. But the opportunity for repair is huge. Right. Absolutely. And I got to come back to What do I want to create? Yeah. Which is, I want to create connection. What do I want most? I want relationship with my kiddos. I want them to be able to come to me with the weirdest, whateverest things and be able to be like, huh, wow, interesting choice. Tell me more about that without (laughs) being like, what in the hell? Mm -hmm. You know, because I know that experience of being that kid and it does not draw me closer to wanting to spend time with my parents. And that makes me sad. Yeah. And because of our experience in our childhood, we have things that we get to teach through our own learning. That's why I was like getting back to that idea of like what's sticky and hard for you. That's exactly where you have the biggest opportunity to teach and offer learnings because you have that experience to bring forward into it. Instead of making it the fear-based story, turning it into the teaching moment, you know? Yeah. Speaking of fear-based stories, can I tell you a little side story? I was in Cabo and my mom, when I got home, my mom was like, I was so worried the entire week that you were gone. I was like, what? She's like, yeah, Mexico scares me. I was uncomfortable and anxious the whole time you were gone. And I told Rowan and she laughed so hard. She's like, what? Doesn't she have your location? Because <laughs> I check in on her every once in a while. Anyway. Parenting never ends. Parenting never ends. Never ends. Yeah. So I'm going to close this up with some deep thoughts. So having a goal or even a parenting plan isn't about things playing out a certain way. It's not about a certain like absolute result or outcome. Instead, it's about what it is you want to create in any given response or experience. What do you think about that? Are we aligned? I love your quote. And more. Exactly. Thank you. Another awesome conversation for the series. And thank you, everybody who's listening and watching and hanging out with us and following the series. Join us next week as we explore the experience of doing all this work and challenges remain. They keep coming back. What do you do? (laughs) Yeah, have a great day. Bye. everyone. Thank you so much for listening in today. Thank you to my Sproutable partners, as well as Chris Mann and the team at Podshaper for all the support with getting this show out there and making it sound good. Check out our offers for parents with kids of all ages and sign up for our newsletter to stay connected at besproutable.com. Tune back in later this week for our Thursday show, and I'll be back with another interview next Monday. Peace. Peace.
If you're a parent, I invite you to join us at the Mindful Mama podcast, where it's all about becoming a less irritable, more joyful parent with sometimes hilarious and always thought-provoking experts and friends. At Mindful Mama, we know that you cannot give what you do not have. And when you have calm and peace within, then you can give it to your children. I'm Hunter Clark-Fields, and I can't wait to see you there. Listen in to the Mindful Mama podcast.